You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit IlliniLife.org. Okay, so um, I'm up here um, to talk a little bit about Foundations Week 3. I know you guys are here to hear um, more about, hey, where's our church going? But we want to be faithful talking through, hey, this is, this is what we're doing, this Foundations class. For those of you who probably won't have an opportunity to go through it because you've been around for a while and you know our DNA, why don't we share a historic portion of the folks in this class? So, um, we're actually in the middle of it right now. Ashley and I are teaching it. Um, we have three uh, other staff who are table leaders with us, um, leading table discussion groups in Casey and, and Brooke. Uh, and we have 18 people in here, which is really fun. Woo! So, that 18 people um, who are new this year, or have decided, hey, we're going to jump in this year, are already in this first time around. And we've been meeting at the Alec office on Sunday nights. We've been having pizza. Uh, Bill Murray's going to have some special pizza this week. Poffer, he's maybe. Why does that stuff cost so much? Like, it's inordinately expensive for pizza that is not baked already. All right, enough of that. Um, we're in the midst of teaching this class. We're definitely evaluating and saying, how do we?
shape our personality. We talked about let me actually give people a chance to take a, an assessment called a disc. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a short disc assessment. I've never heard of the disc. People are always like, you're a high D. I'm like, that's mean. Uh, <laughs> but now I understand it better. So, uh, so we talked about the, the disc assessment and, and who God's made you be because your personality matters uh, as you're inter- interacting and engaging with people. And then we talked about spiritual gifts. We give people a chance to take an assessment on spiritual gifts in that way. We think spiritual gifts are really important because they help us know the things that God has given us to give other people. Um, the gift is for um, the ways we interact with people, um, the, the skills that God has given us that we've developed um, just amazingly as a Christian. And they're different than natural abilities. Like, just because I can, or sorry, just because Tim White can drain a three from anywhere behind the arc doesn't mean it's a spiritual gift. So, um, if anything you take away from that, know that shooting a basketball is not a spiritual gift. Okay. And the third one for an assessment, uh, just it's real simple call. It's about your passions. And if I were to uh, sum up what your passions are, what gets you really excited and what really takes you off? What too excited about takes you off. Because one of the things that you're going to start caring about, and maybe God has even given you a heart to care for. Okay, and so these are ways, like, as, and, I mean, I think about this, like, as you're entering into a new place, a new city, a new church, um, these are things that are helpful to think about, like, why am I here? What can I do here? Um, how is God calibrating me for this place and time? Since we talked about those two things, there's a lot of time in discussion about that. That's why we're sort of raising through this, because it'd be hard to be like, all right, just come here and discuss something we didn't take yet. Um, so we're going to send those out to you, the PDFs, and then um, if you want to, you can discuss with your friends about your personality, about your gifts, and about your passions. So we spent time talking about those things, um, what, how personality is shaped, what, our gift, what spiritual gifts are and what they aren't, um, and then about how our passions like, tend to direct us. And then we talked about another component of influence. We talked about the influence itself. Then we talked a decent amount about um, being inwardly involved in it. And we really, really value the church. Um, we are one. We care about it. Um, and so we talked a little bit about like why the church, why not being Jack Bauer Christian is important. And I discovered that Jack Bauer is an irrelevant reference at this point in history. Um, <clears throat> it's sad. And um, a lot of what we talked about is how, how knowing how God has made you, how does that fit in a church? How does that fit in a local church? How does um, how God has made you allow you to fit? And um, we, we talked about a lot of, if, if I were to give an apologetic for community, I would say there's something really powerful about when people are following God together. There's something really amazing that happens when people have hurts and joys and can express it together instead of isolation. When people have doubts, they can ask them to people who maybe have had similar doubts or may not yet have those doubts, uh, but can wrestle through those together with them. There's something really powerful about that community. And so we encourage people to next step in. Get involved in a small group. It's part of actually the, the goal of the foundation's course is to be engaged in a small group community. Um, but even more so, we want people to come, now that you know who you are, dig deeper. Um, we took an assessment that actually helped us know um, what teams of ministry people can get connected to. Um, we spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, where are church people serve? Um, how can those gifts that they have match up to that? Um, and so we want to help people get into service roles, which I think is really important. So community allows us to serve, but also gets a, a place to be loved and love other people, care for people, and it's a joy and hardship. Uh, 
We really, really, really like this. Like, it was fun even to see people stick around and linger and talk more afterwards. And be like, some of it's just a matter of like, you get to know people for a few weeks and you get to know them like further down the way. Um, but there's something really powerful about the call the community allows uh, as a way to give you freedom and even encouragement to engage with people. We don't think community is the end all be all. We don't think God is the end all be all. We say, hey, get involved in the local church. You can offer it to be us. But at the end of the day, like, we want you to be involved in the body of believers. Uh, and a lot of foundations, even is
One new development is we realized, Nick and Fred realized, that this spring semester would probably be a good time for Nick to go raise support full-time. And for those of you guys who are new to Alana Life, you might be like, what does that mean? Well, in Alana Life, since we're a student church, um, we don't make enough money through our tithes to support our staff. And so our staff go out and they talk to hundreds of people. And they share about the ministry we're doing, and we ask, we ask people to partner with us in the ministry with, through prayer, through finances, and other ways. And so each of us have teams of people that back us so that we can be fully funded, and, we have, and people praying for us so we can do this ministry. And um, Sarah Hogue just came on staff, and she's doing her initial support raising right now, full time. Yeah. Please be praying for um, Let's be faithful to pray for um, while she's out there. We try to focus on support raising while we're doing ministry, but it's really hard. It's really hard for all of us. And sometimes we need to go out and raise support full time again. And we realize that um, that would be a good idea for Nick um, so that he can be fully funded going forward in ministry and they can just be in a financially stable place. But realizing that, that really changed the landscape for us in the spring semester as far as leadership resources. It changed the conversation, and we realized we need to think through, like, what does this mean and plan accordingly. The other um, part of the conversation that changed was we put a lot of effort into, the last couple of years we've been putting a lot of effort into discerning how to help our non-students thrive in a church that's 80% undergraduates. Um, we started the semi-regular tent maker gathering as an effort to do that, but all along we've, we've, we realized we wanted a, it felt like something we were adding on to what we were already doing, and as we were thinking about the new model, we wanted to kind of have like a, a coherent, holistic approach, not a, an add-on like this needs to have, like we wanted to be part of the model, and so that was part of the conversation um, that we had about the model. And really, here's our goal, is that everyone in our church, both students and non-students, can thrive in their relationship with God. Um, and a lot of you guys have seen us share this shape with you before, the upward, inward, outward triangle. And what we want is for all the people in a line of life to thrive in their upward relationship with God pursuing him through quiet times, prayer, scripture, the spiritual disciplines. We want people to thrive in their inward part of their relationship with God, belonging to a community. We want you guys to feel like you belong to God's, um, to your church family here. And then we want people to thrive in their outward relationship with, their, with God, their, their sense that the kingdom of God is advancing and people who don't know Christ need to hear the gospel, need to know Christ. We want all of us to feel burdened by that and think about and figure out what role can we play in that. And so we want um, all of you guys to have a, a balanced life of following Jesus, upward, inward, and outward. So these are the things that we have been thinking about and talking about and have gone into the conversations um, about the model and the changes that um, Fred's actually going to come up and walk us through right now. Okay. So, uh, you guys, why don't we pray together to start 
Jesus, we, you are a king, you are our father, and you've sought us out, and you want to be among us in whatever way we, we get together to express your goodness and your mission. Jesus, I believe that, and I thank you for the people in this room that are friends, that are still just learning every day about you, Lord, and we get to do that together. I remind myself of how much good is happening here. And Jesus, we just pause to acknowledge uh, that that's where it starts. And we love you. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need to, we want to be attentive to what your spirit's doing in our hearts and minds. Help us to listen well to you and let you guide. Amen. So, um, thank you, Casey, for setting that up. That was great. I don't whip out the old mission statement very often, but here it is. Okay, guys, this is a little bit of review to start. Okay, so we, we did start to talk about this last spring, and so I want to spend a few minutes just catching up. We are, we are doing awesome on time, Casey. Way to go. This is like spot on. Mission statement, right? Our, our calling uh, is to be the church, a body, a family, an army rooted in faith, hope, and love. And then our mission statement is to lead people to Christ, to nurture them to spiritual maturity, equip them with ministry, leadership skills, and inspire them to a lifetime of faithful service to the church and to Jesus Christ. It is very long. And so I thought I'd simplify it. We did a little of this, just boil it down. Um, what we're really saying at the end of the day <laughs> is that following Jesus is it's a lifelong thing, right? And we do not want it to be kind of this flash-in-the-pan college experience where it's like, oh, that was a pretty cool chapter of my life. But then we kind of we aren't equipped for life in the real world and what faith takes uh, both here in our college years and then when we graduate. And so we want to build things into everyone that comes through a line of life, at least they have a shot, right, at a, at a lifetime of following Jesus and disciples that last. And so when we talk about that, that's what our goal is. That's sort of what we're trying to do and why we do ministry so vigorously. These are all the things that we do to that end, right? There's a lot going on in our church in any given school year, right? And I'm sure if you guys have been around here for any amount of time, you've probably been a part of a lot of those things. But what we're really talking about tonight as we've thought about changes that are coming, things that we want to take a hard look at. It's this portion of our ministry, right? It's connect groups and home fellowships. We're calling it the, the community side of, of our ministry. Oh, let's see here. And so last year, this is, if you weren't here, at the end of last spring semester, kind of right in this very room, we talked about, all right, there are going to be some changes coming, um, but we want to have a strong fall. And this fall's even been great. There are so many strengths to what we're doing and the people that are around us. I'm looking at Kyle and, and the kind of quality of, and, and Kim, like their family's building a massive house, right? Or in addition, because they want to be hospitable and, and they have a huge vision for being here in this place and, and reaching out to college students and including them in their life. And like, this stuff's happening all around us, right? And I, there's a lot of people that, that would be jealous of, of things that are happening here and, and what it looks like for people to follow Jesus in this town. And so, what I would say is even in this approach, guys, we've been doing connect groups and home fellowships for 10 years as a ministry, and there's something really cool about that. It's blessed my life tremendously. A lot of us are different people because we've been in our life for a long time, and we've learned to follow Jesus in a way that's kind of demanding, right? And so uh, I know that there is so much good there, and, and talking about changes doesn't invalidate that. It's really important. And what you guys have right now, if there's good things in your home fellowship world, I just want to say like, yeah, thank God, right? That's an awesome thing. But we do have challenges that as leadership, we need to address and we need to think about where are we going in the years ahead? 
right? The U of I in this town, it's changed a lot in the last 10 years. And I think that if we're not thinking about that, and if we're not being realistic about how much things have changed, like tuition has tripled, right? So when I was a college student in 05, I graduated, tuition was 3200 a semester for me. It's like astronomically different now. Students, I, I feel like they're working more part-time jobs, and so we've got a lot of things here. I just boiled it down to three, okay? The, the home fellowship leadership load, it's heavy. It takes a lot, and it takes a long time to raise up the kind of people who are interested or, or maybe mature enough to lead a home fellowship. And a lot of times in the two, three, four years we have with people, by the time they're a senior, they're, they're kind of calibrating toward, I don't, I don't know what's happening after graduation, and so it's a hard role to jump into for someone. Right now, in the way we do things, we have two, two midweek meetings, right? You're here. It's Tuesday night. Welcome. It's good to see you. Uh, you've all gotten used to it, but we're, we're kind of locked into Tuesdays because we do this, this meeting time, and that's sort of the pattern that we've had. And as we've noticed that U of I not only has become more expensive, it's also become really rigorous, right? It's always been pretty high academic school, but I think it's really become super competitive, and we're seeing more and more that students are really involved with their classes, they're involved with other RSOs. They're, you know, we're just kind of stretched in a lot of places in addition to things like working part-time jobs, right, to help pay for some of those rising costs. And so people come through our doors and we're like, you know, the bulk of what we do is Tuesday night and it's great and it's awesome. You want to do it? And they're like, I've got a class, got to work, right? And so we're not even really getting a chance to connect with them before they're deciding like, I guess that's not really for me. And then finally, and this is maybe one of the more important ones, it's really hard to multiply healthy home fellowships. And here's what we mean by that, and this is um, a really important part of our ministry, right? Uh, To lead a home fellowship, here we go, this is a lot of click in here, Uh, it takes obviously a home fellowship leader, and usually it's a pair, right? It's a a guy and a a lady, and they're leading together. And then um, usually the host role is different. These are people, uh, I'm looking at Lacey, you know, they're opening up their house, Earlier in the day, people are coming over cooking. So there's just a lot of hours on a Tuesday night that go into that. And that's a great thing. We love doing it. But it's, it's cleaning up ahead of time, cleaning up afterwards, that kind of thing. But in order to have a healthy home fellowship that meets off campus, what we've really seen in the last 10 years is that you need a student core, right, and, and connect group leaders who are really committed to a second night where they're reaching out on campus, meeting students, and then inviting them into this cool thing that we do called home fellowship, right? And so you need to have, usually it's, it's a leadership pairing, and then to have a healthy connect group, you need a little bit more than two people. And so you need a little leadership core. So you get this little core of students going, and then that student group needs to be coached, right? And so you need a coach with some know-how and experience about connect group ministry. And so right now, just these are just like roles that are really important to making home fellowship ministry happen. That's nine people that all have a distinct role within our little groups that are, that are kind of eating together on a Tuesday night. And it's cool that we even can do that. It's really neat. So if we want to bird these groups, we need twice that, right? We need double that size because you really need a healthy connect group in addition to a home fellowship pairing. And so one of the things that we've seen is that there's awesome people that, that are here among us doing ministry with us, but that, you know, as time goes, and, and it's not always for terrible reasons at all, maybe there's someone that's like, man, that person could totally lead a home fellowship or it'd be a great family to, to host one of these or, uh, you know, connect group students. These students really, you know, God's doing something in their life. But, but all the pieces aren't necessarily coming together at the same time. 
And so it's been hard to multiply these groups and, and grow them. So tons of bright spots, but these are some of the, the real challenges that we've been talking about and starting to weigh in on as a leadership team. And so that's a lot of why we really have felt like our next step, and it's one that we got to take slowly, it's taken us some time, is to change some things in the community side of our ministry, right? And so uh, I put our emails on there. If you don't have them, by all means, like, we're going to not do too much Q&A tonight because we don't want this to go really long. By no means do I expect this will answer all your questions, and that's okay. Um, But please, write those things down. We've got a lot of time to talk about this in the next month. Okay, and there's been a couple different contexts. We're going to have leadership community this Sunday. We're going to have another combined home fellowship. Right? So there's a few kind of times where we'll be clarifying and revisiting this stuff. But, guys, I'm excited. I'm really excited about some of the possibilities ahead. And one of the things that we have not done very quickly as a church is make changes. Right? We're, not, we're not great at, at, at that kind of thing necessarily. That's not a strength of ours. And so to, to take some risks together. And try some things to be more effective. Guys, I want to be open-handed towards that and toward what God might do among us. So there are two things that I wanted to say at the outset, because this was kind of a review, and now we're going to talk about some new stuff, right? Is, is uh, that one, I want to reassure you, the core people that you kind of consider like, oh, this is my group, right? These are the people that I'm, I'm used to seeing during a week. A lot of that's staying very much the same. Like, we're we're very sensitive to the fact that relationships are really important. They really matter. And so it's not like we're just like, oh, you know, who cares? No, it's, it's really like, hey, how do, we, how do we pay attention to that and help that transition go smoothly? And the second thing that I wanted to just say before we get into it is if you see something tonight that's confusing to you or you don't really know where that leaves you specifically, right, that's okay. These are, you are not locked in to something that, you know, like a diagram that I put here on the board or something like that, just because that, you know, that's sort of a, a label that could fit you, okay? So you're not locked into a group based on your history or your family situation or something that, you know, a leader thinks is strategic for you. These are, these are all things that we're saying this tonight in November because we want to have a month when we can pray about these things and take some time and each of us be discerning. Um, when it comes to who you relate to, who you do sort of community with in the week-to-week. Week. If anything, I want you to just kind of hear this. If anything, it's expanding, right, the number of kind of relationships where you'll have some crossover um, from where things are at right now. And so I, I hope you'll see that. So playful analogy, okay? It's an illustration, not really an analogy. Uh, church is a lot like lasagna. Brooke was sharing this with me this morning. Um, there's all kinds of ways to do it but you got the same basic ingredients, right? And we can kind of layer it up in different ways. And we we think it's all important, right? You got to have noodles. You got to have sauce, meat, cheese. It's all got to be there. If it's not, it's not good lasagna. But but at the end of the day, we're we're talking about organizing things that are really good in a little different way. And so our value systems haven't changed. Um, The kind of church we want to be hasn't changed. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah. Oh, this is good. We think we're a little heavy on the ricotta, and we need more meat and veggies. There you go. Crystal clear, right? All right. Uh, I really do believe that's, that's a lot of what's happening here. So this is something we've learned in the last couple of years, that sociologists would say, like, 
A lot of groups organize in different ways. It's not just churches. Like if you go work somewhere, you play on a sports team, there's kind of different levels at which you relate to a certain group, right? There's, I'm going to work kind of right to left. There's the public space. And so if you're in like the college of business, like the college of business has kind of an identity. Oh, you're, you're a business student. Cool, right? Like me too. And, and there'll be a commencement address at some point and at graduation, you'll all be together and and that's kind of this, this public identity that doesn't necessarily affect your day-to-day very much, but you have some general direction that comes from that. This idea of a social space is more of this mid-sized network of people that have a similar interest, a similar excitement about something. So maybe you take a big class like Finance 300 or something like that where there's a good-sized group of people there that you see every now and then, and yet you don't have that much sort of a direct interaction This sort of mission, personal space, uh, you do a group project, you know, with call it a big group, five, six people in a group, and you're working a little bit more shoulder to shoulder with them. Uh, You're going to see those people more regularly. And then finally, there's the intimate space, right? And these are all kind of spaces that that exist in our life in a lot of contexts. The intimate space is your close friends. So like in that business school analogy, it's not just a group project. It's like that one or two people that you're kind of confiding in like, I don't even like business school, but I'm here, right? So it's like a much tighter sort of version of friendship that we hope you build in this church. I'm looking at Jonathan, like, right? Like, we got to know each other in our college years, and we became really close friends. We weren't in the same small group. There's all kinds of different things where, like, just this intimate relationship, chances to be shoulder to shoulder and build these bonds, they, they happen, and it's, and it's kind of neat, right? Um, and so that influences a lot of, of, of how we're sort of thinking about the ways we, we see each other during the week. We all, let's start with an easy one, right, the public space. Um, we all will know what it means to say, like, yeah, I go to iLife. I go to iLife on Sunday mornings, right? And, and, and we all do that. It's this, it's this great thing um, that we enjoy together. And as a church, it's really important, right? This is where we come together, and it is very frequent. It's weekly. And there's a lot of good things about it. One, we get to see each other, right? And that's exciting, too. We're, we're worshiping God. Right? To make that a regular practice in our church, we're hearing each other's stories. We're hearing testimony through my story. We're taking communion. We're hearing the word of God taught, preached into our life, right? And that's a regular practice. It's good for those things. It's not really good for, hey, sir, well, I, I, you're pretty cool, but I've been really wanting to get to know you. I wouldn't do that during Sunday morning, right? <laughs> uh, and so there's, it's great for a lot of things, not great for other things. And so where are we at? There, that's what's showing up. Ah. Uh, we are pretty apologetic, unapologetic, I'm sorry, about church yeah, being a place where we need to go a lot deeper than Sunday morning, right? A lot of people kind of had settled for a version of Christian life that's just, I'll show up on Sunday, I'll hear what the pastor has to say, if they like him, I'll stick around. We don't, we don't like to practice that here. We think that if you are not getting to know some other believers and they're getting to know you, like you're missing out on something that's really important to your own discipleship. And so one of the most important building blocks in our ministry is just simply that we're, we're calling it small groups, right? It's, it's kind of a, a, a broad enough name to kind of hold the weight of a lot of things, but it's a really, really important building block for us going forward, right? And so one of the temptations here can be to think, oh, we have home fellowships, we have connect groups, and I'm just going to kind of slide one of those into this category. I'm going to slide one of those into this other category. I, I want you to think of it as a different thing, okay? Um, Right now, you know, connect, people get involved with connect groups. They eventually find their place in a home fellowship. Uh, what we're talking about is, is that small group will really be 
kind of that, that central meeting commitment during the week where people are like, wow, yeah, I go to this small group, right? And they expect to be there. They build it into their schedule. They make a very strong commitment to doing life with those people, right? And so small groups are missional groups that live out the Christian life in a particular context. And so we, we're saying we believe in living the Christian life in community. It's a very broad way of saying, like, this could look like a lot of things. And so a few examples are helpful. One is sort of something that, that's pretty familiar in my life, like a small group that meets on a Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, Eikenberry Commons, 8 to 9.30, whatever it is, right? Like that, that yeah, we all know what that does, right? There's going to be some discussion in the Bible, those kind of things. But what about uh, an international student small group that meets Tuesdays in Sutton Place? Anybody know where Sutton Place is? Yeah, you do, because it's it, a lot of international students know where it is because they house a lot of international students. It's certified private housing for them. It's for their context. Right? And so these are just some examples. You know, a grad student group that meets in the home off campus on a weeknight, right? For grad students, being off campus, not such a big deal. It actually feels kind of good. A lot of them choose to live off campus. And so what, what is different, what's in contrast to what we're doing right now is that right now students are, are usually like kind of a typical IA student. They're committed to three very formal times of, of meeting during a week. So they have home fellowship. They have a connect group where they're reaching out. And then they're coming on Sunday, right? And, and those are sort of the, the set things. And there's all kinds of other pieces that, that we add in there. And there's a lot of actually fun and really important stuff that's happening uh, and flowing out of those relationships that are formed, right? And so we would say there's people that are grabbing lunch together, you know, look on Facebook, people are doing the apple orchard on the weekend. Like, it's because we want to do that stuff. It's it's kind of like the, the the secret sauce, the pasta sauce, right? That's sort of flowing between the layers a little bit. To go back to that metaphor, it's a great metaphor. And so what we're emphasizing is that the changes that we're making in the group structure is that for the average student, the average experience is that, that students are going to be committed to kind of two regular meetings a week, right? And so they'll have their small group and they'll have Sunday mornings. And those are sort of the, the base level commitment that they'll need to make to be a really functional part of Illini life, right? A contributing member. And so we can add on from there, right? We can add on from there to go deeper in things like discipleship and equipping, and then just socially. Like, we, we want all that secret sauce to happen, right? We want the, the lunch on the side and the coffee and, and the friendships to form and the movies and all that stuff. That's really an important part. But in terms of just streamlining that, that weekly, hey, where do I have fellowship? It's, it's their small group, right? But what we've said and, and what we've felt is, is in, in, in celebrate in a line of life is that Christian life and discipleship, right? Making lifelong disciples of Jesus, it takes more than just doing um, like Bible study even, right? Being able to answer questions together in a group, there's, there's more to it. It is kind of that secret sauce kind of stuff. And how do you get that going? Um, I think I'll fast to go here. Yeah, we want to follow Jesus in a holistic way, like Casey was saying. It's this sort of in, up, out dynamic that looks like the healthy Christian life. Right? Um, and so the way this, this comes in is to have a little bigger space that's a little bit more diverse. Uh, we're calling it fellowships. Right? So you see it there. And what a fellowship is, and I'm just going to read this from you here, it's multiple small groups choosing to partner together 
to cultivate a space for belonging, discipleship, and mission. Okay? And those things kind of correspond, if you can think about it, to inward, uh, upward, outward, belonging, discipleship, mission. And so what does it look like? Fellowships, they're not a set meeting during the week. Okay? But it's an intentional relationships that, that, that small groups choose to engage in. Okay? So we're making a choice to be together and have a partnership with other groups rather than to just kind of do our own thing. Right? On one hand, we don't want kind of belonging to a fellowship to be restrictive. Like in a lot of ways, small groups, they're going to do their thing during the week. Right? You're going to see each other. And, that, and, and that's really good. It's good to have that clarity. Right? But what fellowships can do is that they can bring some depth and some richness and some strength to those groups in a lot of ways. And we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. Okay, so this context, this, this partnership, just to kind of walk you through three ideas, I try to boil it down a little simply. I've thought about this a lot. I have a lot of ideas of how these, this partnership looks. But this is a context for, for discipleship, right? Really deep discipleship to happen. I was thinking of... Uh, how many of you guys have ever gotten lunch with someone who's not a student at U of I? Like lunch, coffee, hung out with them, been in a house, you're a student, yeah? Or actually, announcements, yeah, okay. So just about every student at some point has had this, this, hey, I have no reason to talk to you while I'm in college, but here we are, right? We're having coffee. I'm hearing about your life. And I'm willing to bet it added a little something, to your experience of church, right? These people have incredible things to offer to choose to stay and be on mission with us. And so fellowship is a context where some of that, you know, call it mentoring, call it discipleship, like it maybe looks different in different phases of, of your relationship, but that can happen there. Another, it's a, it's a place where small group coaches can help students live out their mission more effectively as well. Right? And so we see discipleship happening very intentionally in fellowships. We see small group coaching be a really important part of things. And then it's a chance to have some very intentional uh, relational crossover, kind of social crossover between different small groups and, and intergenerationally, right? Having students at home, showing hospitality to one another, something that we've done for a long time in a line of life. And so what does it come down to in a fellowship? It's, it's, Choosing to do stuff together is kind of the broadest way I can put it, right? Choosing to do stuff together that's going to build relationships. And a lot of that will look like hanging out on the weekends, right? There's a lot of ways that we can do that with our friends. Um, but it's good. It's good to have sort of this, this go-to wider group that we choose to reach out to and cross over with. And so a couple of examples again, right? This can be something as simple. It doesn't have to be this big formal meeting production that we come up with. It could be a bunch of people going out to a movie and grabbing food on a Friday. That's a pretty standard thing. It might be a game night in the home of a family. Could be going to a volleyball game together. These things, they don't have to be expensive things to, to do. They can be free. There's a lot of stuff happening in our town. And then once a month... Right, to kind of get into something concrete once a month, we are going to do it in kind of a formal way. We're going to have a communal meal together. Right? We're going to call it breaking bread. And it's not the same as home fellowship, but it's, it's similar. It's going to be in a home that wants to show hospitality and, and have a meal together, eat together. And our goal is going to be to just get to know each other, right? Make a friend there. Come and meet someone from another small group. Come and meet a person who, you know, lives there, a host, is hosting the meal. All those things. We have an opportunity to make that happen. I'm going to do those on Sunday evenings once a month. And so breaking bread 
it's the kind of one intentional time when we're saying like, okay, let's get this, let's get this crossover happening in some ways and break the ice a little bit. Okay. And I think those are going to get better the more we do them. And so I want to uh, continue to talk about that partnership in a second, but I just want to wrap up this sort of uh, mapping of the spaces here. Should be there. There it is. There it comes. Oh, a couple extra animations in here. Do do do. Yeah, close friends, right? Uh, we we think that these are a really important byproduct of what happens when we live together in in community, right? And we can't really control this, right? No one can control that. Me and Eric are going to become very close friends as students, but it did happen. <laughs> and that is part of the joy of Christian life, is what I have in my notes. Didn't have the me and Eric part. Okay, guys, and so this is, this is the part that's sort of the broad strokes kind of teaching, hey, what are we talking about, right? This is the new way that we want to organize. But part of the challenge of this last month, this last year, really, and, and Casey alluded to this, is like there's moving parts, right? There's real people. There's real groups that, that need to kind of correspond to, to this and we need to pay attention to. Um, and, and the idea here is that it's not just about the structure and how we organize. It's about the, the fruit that's born through it, right? The spiritual maturity that happens in people's lives as we choose to organize and partner together. And so with the rest of our time, we're going to talk about what we decided is the best place to start with small groups and fellowships as we try and live this out for the coming semester, right? So in the spring semester, we're going to start to make these changes more practically. But here's the thing. You guys need a Cubs break, okay? You have permission for the next 60 seconds to check your phone, whatever it is you got to do. Shake it out a little bit, a little third inning stretch here. What is it? 3-0 Cubs. Wow. Right? Great. That's, that deserves a little cheer. Okay, you guys ready? You guys ready to jump back in? Uh, Casey, why don't you join me for this part? So this is the rubber meets the road part, the brass tacks, that kind of thing. Uh, you need a microphone. Okay, the last month we've been putting a lot of thought and prayer and conversation into, like, what are the groups going to look like um, going into the new model? So what we wanted to do is first just look at what the landscape looks like in the current model and then talk about what it, what it, what it could look like, what we're thinking it'll look like in the new model. So we've got six home fellowships, um, the Vanderwater, Hobley, Klepper, Summers featuring Matt Miller, Majeski, and Turnout Home Fellowships. Um, the Vanderwater group has two connect groups. Hobley Home Fellowship has two connect groups. Klepper, the Klepper group kind of in the grad small group became one um, this, this semester in preparation for the new model. 
Summers had three connect groups. Majeski had one connect group, and Turnout had one connect group. And so we, um, just a lot of thought and conversation went into, like, what could this look like? And um, sometimes it was easy, sometimes it was heated. We looked at different permutations, and, um, and we felt like a week ago just came to a point of real clarity and confidence, like, this feels like a good direction for us to head. But I'm going to head myself, actually. I forgot I was on the next slide. Um, let me back up a little bit. <laughs> I got you guys ready for the big unveil. And then, um, so um, one, one step in that direction, though, is just thinking about what our small groups will look like in the new model next semester. And one, one, just looking at our groups, talking, working with Nick and Alan, um, connect group coaches, we realized that um, we're looking at probably having six strong small groups in the new model. Um, it may be a little bit more, it may be a little bit less, but our best guess is six outside of just forming teams and talking with you guys. Um, so just looking at where we are now and where we could be, the two Vanderwater connect groups could become one strong small group. And we know that there's a great identity there already between those groups. Um, it seems very seamless. Same thing with the Hobley Connect groups. Could become one strong small group. The Klepper group I already talked about is already functioning as like a grad small group. Um, so that's going to be pretty seamless. And then um, our home fellowship, Matt and me, um, we had three Connect groups. We're, we're thinking um, one or two. Um, we're thinking probably two next semester, small small groups, and then the Majeski turnout connect groups could become one one strong small group. And so there's a, there's a, a real seamless transition there. And Fred emphasized the importance of small groups in the new model as like our anchor as far as relationships and community. And this is where we have we have the confidence that the relationships you guys already have, the people you're co-laboring with people you're in rural group huddle, discipleship with, and home fellowship with, we have a lot of confidence that if God, if it's what you want and God's leading you there, that um, there will be a lot of continuity in your current relationships. Um, but one thing I just want to emphasize, Fred already did, but I hope you guys hear our heart, is these plans are not etched in stone. I don't want you guys to feel like the car is leaving the garage and you have no way out. Um, if you have questions or concerns, talk to your home fellowship leader, staff members, Fred and me. Um, we'd love to, to talk with you about it. Um, and just we, um, there's just a lot of freedom as far as what group you guys are part of and, and what this looks like. And we want to be in conversation with you guys. Um, and then Fred is going to bring us to the next point. Whoops. Not too many times. That's risky. It's risky. Good job. Yeah, so, you know, one, one kind of piece as we think about, hey, what do you mean, for, you know, putting these small groups together and stuff. Some of what we'd encourage you guys in the spring is just to not overthink it, like to let these groups have a little bit of a critical mass so they're kind of encouraging, right? Like I know you guys have been operating as connect groups and you guys have been out there doing your thing and doing awesome. Thank you for all your service and, and trying things this fall, right? You guys are, you guys are like the front lines of, of what we do. And it's so important. But in the spring, in the first semester, we were trying it. You know, some of the 
idea is just to kind of help these groups have a little bit more heft to them, right? So that there's not this brand new thing and, oh, well, what are we doing? There's like three of us here now or something like that. So um, just to encourage you guys, and that's part of the work that we need to do in the next month. But the kind of question that this really you know, begs is like, so if you are in one of these worlds but you're not part of like uh, a connect group, um, then, then where, where's, you know, what are your options at that point? And so that's a really important part of something we've been praying about, thinking about a lot, talking to a lot of people about what could that look like. And, and one option that's very good is that you could simply join one of these campus small groups, right? That's, oh, wow, we do campus ministry. I could go be in a campus small group. It's a great place to to meet students. And uh, for many of us who are just out of college, perhaps been really deeply involved with a student group, that may be a very natural fit and a very good fit for you. And it could be a great way to do life together with students that you enjoy, that you're friends with, that you care about. Right. And so that that is absolutely a part of of what a healthy group could look like. But we're actually excited to try some new things and offer some different ways to be in a church that's, you know, 80 percent college students. Uh, and be a part of, of the body of Christ, be a part of this church, and committed to that mission, committed to college students, but be in a different style of community group, right? Be in a different stage of life or choose a different way to be in a community group. And so one of the nice new pieces that we'd like to form are groups that we're just going to try out the name city groups. Okay? We're calling them city groups next spring. And these would be small groups that aim to be a healthy place of growth, healthy place of challenge and belonging, among folks who live, uh, who love our campus mission, but they don't, you know, seem to be the best fit for being in a campus small group. Some people's jobs may not allow for that. Some people have young children, and it's just not, there's a lot of moving parts, right, that don't make that uh, a very healthy place from the week to week. And so we've prayed, we've asked around, and, and guys, actually a lot of churches, I would say most churches in our network of like college churches, it's called collegiate are actually doing these groups now. They've tried these city groups because we see the importance of having people in our midst that, that are a little bit more experienced in life, right, that are, that are out of their college years, and to have healthy places where they're still being challenged. They're still challenged to grow in their walk with God and their sense of community together. And what we found is these are a huge blessing to those churches, right? They're a huge blessing, and they're a blessing to the people in them, in those groups. And so we've been encouraged by what we've heard, and we're excited to actually give them a try this spring, right? And it's going to be a little of a learning curve. We've been doing things a certain way, and, and now we want to try out some new groups and see what works for us and what's not. And the goal is to meet in a time and a place that, they, well, it fits, right? It fits the lifestyle. It fits kind of the, the boundaries of someone who may have work or may have uh, young children. And they're a place to continue to build up and challenge those who have graduated uh, in that upward, inward, outward kind of sense of following Jesus. And so we actually have a few leaders, and, and my, myself and Erica, we're, we're included in that, right? We're excited to try these groups out in the spring and, and help make that happen in our ministry and see what God does with it. And we anticipate that these can be a very healthy place for a lot of people in a line of life, right? But, but definitely not all, right? Not, not everyone who's not a student will find their, their place in a city group. And so some of the work ahead of us, and this is why we're telling you guys in November, is that, that we want to help you. If you're in that spot of sort of like, oh, where do I fit best? Like that's some of the work that we need to do uh, in our communities and as pastors is help you guys discern, hey, what is, what is the best fit for me going forward, right, to both be on mission and for, for our own spiritual health? But let me say this about, about the city groups. My excitement about it is not 
coming from this sense of like, oh, people who aren't students, they need to just pull back from student ministry, right? It's, it's not this like sort of relief thing. It's actually more about using people that are, that are great in their best possible way, right? It's, it's about thinking about new ways for these people to partner with student ministry in ways that are very high impact and meaningful. And so I, I'm excited about that personally. I, like, I'm probably more excited about campus ministry than I ever have been in my life, right? When I meet, I meet a lot of people in this town, I'm like, you don't want to do ministry with college students? Like, why? We're like right here. We're, we're, we're in Champaign. Like, you know, it's, it's the most exciting place to be. And so to exist here and, and you're going to need a job, right? You're going to possibly have children at some point in, in your life. Like, these are all just things that come up that make, like, being in Bromley Hall at 11 at night hard. But I think there's still a place for me in this church and a lot of people in that stage of life. And so what I want to talk about here is what this partnership looks like. And uh, we're actually kind of down the home stretch here. And so this is a really, I think, important part for us to grasp and to because this is going to be the hard work of being in community together. And so you have kind of your fellowship concept, and we're talking about city groups within those fellowships. And while those things are operating with a little bit of a different rhythm during the week, there's a lot of collaboration between these groups and a lot of opportunities for partnerships. So a lot of lines here, you know, but those, those ones that kind of run from the city groups to the small groups, those are very intentional ways that we're choosing to partner to one another and get together. So you have things like huddle, which I haven't talked about tonight, but it's, a, it's an intentional discipleship tool and we hope that it's going to be a key way that, that we raise up new small group leaders and people who know how to make disciples. Uh, shared events. We do a lot of this actually already, right? But, but it can be as simple as, hey, come have a game night at our house. Come eat a meal over with us, that kind of thing. Those are all kind of shared times that we're intentionally getting together. But we do barn dances. We do football tailgates. There's so fall retreat, right? Like even in the, just the schedule we have right now, there are so many places where uh, those who've graduated and students are crossing over in some really cool ways. And then finally, this breaking bread time, right? There's, there's a lot of contact built in here, and this is a very much a once-a-month communal meal in a home, chance to kind of mix socially and, and meet one another and get to know one another. But then there's, there's partnership, right, that we can choose and, and opportunities that exist here when we make things a little lighter and like from student to student, like that's kind of exciting. You're going to be in, in a fellowship with other student leaders and other people who care about reaching this campus and being able to collaborate with one another and do some events together. There's a uh, students to the city groups. Like, I don't know if students think of themselves. I hope you do. Like, I think we look at you guys and we're like, guys, these students are on the front lines doing a lot of the work of this ministry. Right? You guys are serving all over the place, and that's such a key part of the life of this church. And so there's this huge kind of partnership that students bring to the non-student portion of our church, the city groups, even if we're not in the same sort of weekly gathering together. Right? And so I, I put down here loving and serving families as well. It it's, doesn't always have to have this formal label to it. Right? But there's just different ways that you guys bless us. I mean, our home fellowship, you guys have babysat for us at times, dog sat. There's all kinds of little things where it's just like, well, this is my life. Can you help me out? Right? And, and you do, and it's great. Um, I said serving in the church. But then this one is the one I've probably given the most thought to because this is sort of my life, right? And this is something I care about is how do, how do in a church of 80% undergrads, these city groups and the people in them cross over with, with um, campus small groups? And I think that 
I can put it under a lot of different umbrellas that I get very excited about. And the first is sort of this discipleship and leadership development. And so very practically, we want to start huddling with those students that want to make that commitment to growing. Right? There's, there's all kinds of different places that, that like, gosh, counseling. I think of premarital counseling. We've gotten to do that with some students. Right? And, and it's, it's awesome. It's so fun to do as, as a married couple. Um, with those who are considering that kind of thing, mentoring, equipping. I think very practically about like the coaches that bless our small groups right now, continuing to do that with, with student leaders, getting that time to kind of give them tips, uh, next steps for their groups, teaching seminars. This is an amazing place. How many of you guys have been to like an EMI listening and speaking, that kind of thing, right? Like there's, there's, that's kind of a high level of expertise to be able to, to teach a seminar like that and to have, people who are, are working and are really great at it, be able to bless our ministry and equip all of us with skills like listening, speaking. Um, I get pretty excited about that opportunity. Hospitality is kind of a, a catch-all term that, that I don't know, maybe seminary types like to use for just life on life together, right? Having each other in our homes, that kind of thing. Uh, shared events, shared memories together. Breaking bread kind of fits under that umbrella. Hanging out on the weekend. And then finally, I just really want to applaud and, and point out the opportunities that exist when we're doing service together, right? And, and when we're, I don't know, I, I think of like Lacey or Laura Schoner who runs our kids' ministry, and Lacey leads a worship band. You know, like there's this built-in time. It's not a small group. We're not sitting around talking about the same kind of questions we would, but, but they're showing their passion for God. They're displaying their maturity. They're displaying their commitment to living as Christ and in that way that they're serving, right? And, and like Sunday cruise leadership and things like that where, where these people with a little bit of know-how and, and a little bit of history here are, are helping to raise up new leaders in all these little different ministries that we do throughout the week. And I think that that is a beautiful part of our church working together. Um, I probably shouldn't walk through all these, but spring break, we got some plans. Might be happening. It's going to be pretty cool. And it's going to take some people that have done it before. <laughs> to help uh, raise up those who have not. And so let me go back to this for just one minute here as we start wrapping up. Right, so this is kind of that sketch of, of where things could be heading specifically. And you guys have had a lot of kind of new ideas maybe thrown at you. Um, by and large, maybe for a lot of you guys, things will look pretty similar. But what I what we've kind of done a lot of praying about it, guys. We've put a lot of hours into this. The staff team, Casey and I personally, Brooke, our leadership team, I mean, we've we've agonized over this maybe too much at times, right? As we've just tried to consider like relationships are important, what we got going is really important. Uh, but we we realized like at some point we just need to we need to make a call and, and pick a healthy direction, a direction that we feel um, puts us in a good place this spring and leaves us a lot a, a lot of good options from there. Uh, and so what we've decided uh, is that we want to start with two healthy fellowships, right? We want to start out with two healthy, healthy fellowships this spring and have a good kind of uh, abundance of, of leaders and small group leaders that we can invest in. Um, and so as I show you guys what these groups could potentially look like, right? Again, you're not locked in. What I want to say again is that, is that there's a lot of, of natural crossover here, right? Um, and this is the big picture. We think there's a lot of room for more conversations. We're going to actually talk to, like, leadership communities Sunday night and kind of get their feedback and thoughts a little further. 
those kind of things. But this is kind of where things are heading. If you can take a look at it. And so you can kind of find yourself there. A lot of what, you know, what's happening here is, is based on kind of leadership, availability, size of, of some of the different campus groups. Um, and I think that if you can conceptualize it, like, we kind of just got to live it out, right? We got to live it out and see what it feels like. It's hard to look at a piece of paper and be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, that'll work. Or no, I, I, that won't work. But we want to give you guys enough time, enough direction, so you can start to think about and pray about how is God challenge you, challenging you to invest in this church, to invest in campus ministry next semester and then, and then really in the future, right, in years to come. And so next semester is an opportunity for us to learn together what it looks like to do things a little differently and really put our shoulder to reaching out to the, this campus. And what I was praying about today is like, this is worth the bumps in the road, right? This is worth the conversations and some of the legwork that it's going to take to kind of organize us as a church in a way that's more flexible, and uh, do we anticipate things going 100% smoothly? I, no, we don't. Um, some of the motivation here, it looks like, you know, there's five kind of small groups on one side and three in the other. Um, there's just, just question. We don't know exactly what these groups will look like for one. And two, some of the motivation is that we'd rather start with two healthy fellowships and birth into three or four in the years to come than to start with, you know, three or four and, and they're, they're kind of struggling to, to figure out who's available and, and those kind of things. And so... Uh, what we've decided is that this is, this is a healthy place, a healthy place to start from. And so our next steps as a church, if you guys need to see that later, I can, we can get that out to you. Um, I'm sure you've, it's not too complicated. I hope you find yourself. Is just, hey, what's this going to take? What do, what do we do next? What's our next step? Uh, and the first is to transition our connect groups into strong campus small groups and to start to form these new city groups. Right? It's, it's, it's trial and error. It's trying things out next spring. We have some leadership that's excited about these things and has some direction. But it's, it's similar to what we do year to year. It's just, hey, what is the Spirit doing in people? And who is, who is wanting to step up as a leader and try some things? Right? And so we want to start to pick times and discover, hey, who's in? Who wants to do this with us? Uh, and then those small groups be organized into two strong fellowships, right? And so... Um, starting to learn sort of the patterns of leadership and coaching that, that could be healthy for these groups and how we, where we're going to choose to cross over. We have a lot of details about that that we can share, but too much at one night would be too much in one night. So there we go. Uh, last one, strengthen our leaders in small groups to get prepared for fall 2017. That's really why we're doing this in the spring. Right, is because we want to have strong communities and a strong sense of who we are and what it looks like to be in a small group here going into the new fall. And so next spring is a great chance for us to kind of learn together, for us to try things together and take some risks, to raise up new leaders among us and be ready to receive kind of the new class of incoming students in fall 2017. Okay? So that's kind of what, as much as we're going to share tonight, and, guys, I would encourage you guys, we're not going to do, like, a long Q&A or anything like that. But I'm going to have Casey come up and pray for us. Uh, we're going to stick around for a couple minutes. Casey and I here, if you have something that, that was just confusing or left out, by all means, come on down. But um, you guys are free to go after we pray. We have snacks in the lobby, right? Snacks in the lobby. Yeah, and I just want to encourage you again, to, if you have any questions on your home fellowship leaders, staff members, Fred and I, we'd love to be as helpful as possible and uh, we're going to keep talking about it tomorrow at the staff meeting and then at Leadership Community this Sunday.
So let me go ahead and pray to close this and feel free to come talk to Fred and I if you have any questions right now.